0: So how many of you are truly seeking God? Are you truly seeking God? Or are you looking to God to solve all your problems? Are you looking to God to figure everything out? Are you looking God to take care of everything? Are you looking God for all of your answers? Or are you truly seeking God just to know God? There's a big difference here. And it's important to pay attention to because on this journey of awakening to really know ourselves as the divine, to really know ourselves as one with God, it's important to be aware and pay attention to how we're approaching God or where we're coming from within ourselves as we're approaching God because that can make all the difference and quite a huge difference with what our own experience is in this inner journey of awakening. That attitude we hold, that perception we hold, that intention we hold is either going to support us in this journey of awakening and reuniting or it's actually going to stop us. It doesn't really stop us. Let's just call it a little delay or a speed bump or a little block in the road that we're going to learn from and how to work with it to get through it, beyond it, over it, under it, however you want. That's just part of the learning. But I'll tell you what, if you really want to be on the quick path, on the straight and narrow, the quickening, what makes one of the biggest differences is really what we're doing inside of ourselves, what our true desire is, our true intention It's important to give some focus to that and to pay attention. In this action that we teach here, we talk about three main things, meditation, self-study, and service. And we always put them in that order because that's often the order in which we give more focus or attention to And so we look at meditation as that first thing in this list because it is through that action that gives us the greatest opportunity to really wake up and to have inner experience, to really know the spirit within. And then we talk about self-study. And this action of self-study is a process of paying attention to our own inner attitudes, to our experiences, to our thoughts, to our feelings, looking at our actions and reactions, both inwardly and outwardly. What are we doing, in other words? By paying attention to ourselves, we're going to learn a whole lot. Because believe me, when our eyes are open and we're out here doing the world and doing the day, most of our focus is out here doing the world and doing the day. But when we begin to turn our attention back within to pay attention to self, to study ourselves, automatically we're beginning to turn our attention away from the world, back inside. So in other words, we have to begin to turn our attention inside in order to really become more aware of self. So rather than studying self, maybe it's really about self-awareness. Self-awareness. But which self? Which self? The physical self? The emotional self? The mental self? The imaginational self? The unconscious self? The spiritual self? The soul self? The true self? The false self? All these names and all these selves. You'd think we're all schizophrenic. I always like to say it's a world of duality, right? We have the polarities here, so we're all bipolar. Bipolar. I know that's part of the condition of this planet. But it's also what makes it so challenging to really give a one-pointed focus on that divine self, that which is the true spirit within. And in order to awaken and get to know that self and give that fuller attention, we are going to walk through this journey within, through all these other selves that I mentioned, and maybe many more. And that's an inner journey of learning or a journey of karma or a journey of reincarnation. There's all these things that have been given to it over time and different philosophies and religions and theologies. This is journey of life. But it's funny, even when we talk about the journey of life, most of us think of just the physical level in our physical journeys, those things that happen or that we experience in the physical world. But do we consider the journey beyond the physical? Well, those of you here definitely are doing that. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Have you ever heard that phrase sometimes, don't focus on the problem but the solution? Focus on the goal, not the details. It's very similar thinking in a way. It's really a process, a way of working with or dealing with or moving in life on this inner journey as well as the outer journey. That's why it's very interesting on this inner journey because if we look at a lot of the ways we approach our physical lives, it's how we often approach our spiritual life. That's where you hear us in here talk about this outer world, this physical world, this realm of time and space we call a land of reflection because it reflects to us that which is going on in life, both in the inner as well as the outer. It's a great mirror, the mirror of consciousness in which everything outside of our own divine self is reflecting back to us so that we may awaken and come to know all these other parts or all these other selves that we, the true self, the soul, the spirit, is experiencing and journeying through. And it is through that process that we do come awake. The funny thing is, when we're focused into the reflection of the world, we're coming awake to the world, not to the Spirit. If we want to come awake to the Spirit, then we need to begin to focus our attention on the Spirit. And that's the meditation part. But that part of self-study is where we can really learn and grow to begin to know ourselves, all of the selves, in other words, because it's through coming to know all those selves that we are actually learning the lessons or fulfilling the karmas that we, this divine child of God, have come into this land of reflection to experience. There's all these wonderful things we talk about, destinies and fate, and timelines and karmas and journeys. And it's all of that. We're going through all of that. And rightfully so, because that's what we're here to experience in this part of God's creation. But eventually at some point in time, in this world of time, that we are going to have learned a lot. We're going to have experienced a lot of these other selves. And it's at that time when we begin to realize we have learned a lot. Been there, done that. Experienced that. Bored with that. What else is there? What's next? What can I do now? What do I want to do now? And that's often how it'll begin to move us that we begin now the greater search, that greater seeking for something beyond all these other selves. Where we begin to ask ourselves, where did I come from anyway? Where am I going? Who am I really? Everybody says, to thine own self be true. Just be yourself. Well, what the hell self are they talking about? Who am I really? So the self-study, is an important part that as we begin to look, we're going to learn about all these different selves. And as we do, that's part of the journey of awakening, the awakening of the spirit as it is journeying through all these different aspects we call the selves. So in this action of self-study, we're going to begin to see or become aware of what all these elements Are that we've been caught up in in this world. And it's really funny because often it is simply an awareness. And in that awareness, the lesson is fulfilled, the karma is complete. We now have a greater understanding and knowing of our life's journey, of our destiny, of our fate, who we are, what we've been doing, why we're here, where we are going. Maybe we don't know it fully as a fully realized being, but maybe we have an enlightenment. I like to say the road to illumination is filled with many enlightenments along the way. So maybe we have enlightenments as we wake up through this process of self study. But self study is not work, it's not you got to hit the books, take notes, and take a test. It's simply an action of paying attention because in paying attention is how we are going to become more aware and awake to what is unfolding inside of us. You see, just most of the time when our eyes are open, we're looking in the world, we're not giving the attention or the time inside to really know that, to know what is within, to know who we are within all of this structure and construct in this world. So we simply give it time. We give it some focus. And often just in that process, as we begin to awaken more and more and understand more and more, it just starts to sort itself out. It's funny because actually all those things that we look at in our lives that we may ask God for or pray for or wish for or hope for, all the problems all the desires, the wishes, the wants, that as we begin to move towards that greater source, and that as we begin to look more within, in this action of self-study, that we do begin to find answers, solution, fulfillment, destiny, destination, fate, all of that it begins to get answered because we begin to wake up and have that greater understanding of life itself and why we're here and what the heck are we doing. Oh my God, well, I'm doing something. But as we begin to look at that something that we are doing and it begins to make more sense and we begin to experience a greater fulfillment, we actually begin to find more of a joy, or a greater sense of ease, or relaxation in life, a greater purpose. How many of us are looking for purpose, right? A lot of the time we're looking to have some type of physical purpose, aren't we? What's the most perfect career or thing I can do, or the service, or the partner, or whatever it is. What is the perfect thing I can do because I'm looking for my purpose in life? That's often how it'll start, but eventually we realize Is it really a physical purpose that I'm seeking out? Or is that just what I thought it was because that's where my focus was? But now that as I'm going along in my physical life, it doesn't seem so purposeful anymore. And then we begin to wonder and question and doubt ourselves and maybe have a sense of confusion. And then when we go into that, what do we usually do? We usually start to freak out, right? start to panic and go, oh my God, now what? Maybe that's a good thing. Did you realize these things we call the negative, the freaking out, the panic, the pain, the upset? Did you ever stop to think that maybe those are wonderful movements of consciousness to get us to pay attention and wake up to see that maybe something's changing and maybe that changes that we simply have been Focusing into an area we no longer need to focus into. And that maybe the answer solution is simply to begin to redirect our attention, our focus. Well, what now? What next? What do I really want? I thought I wanted this, but I'm not so sure anymore. Or I did do this and it was what I wanted and now I have it. And now I don't want it anymore. That's how it is, right? You get it and then you don't want it anymore. Now what? It'll come about one way or another, and we'll still get disturbed because we'll say, "Well, that didn't fulfill me, I enjoyed it for the moment, but now that it's done, I don't want it anymore, now I don't know what's next, and then we go into a little bit of a disturbance or panic or maybe it's just a calm anxiety. Does that go together? <laughs> so we pop our meds and pop this and that and try to calm it down, stuff it with food, stuff it with activity, this and that, then we find nothing seems to be doing it. Nothing seems to be doing it. It keeps on running. But usually we look at that as a bad thing, don't we? Oh my God, I've got all these problems. There we go again. It's funny because when that's our focus, it's always a problem. It's really cool though when we start to focus above and beyond all the problems and into the divine, it all just seems to, I'm not going to say disappear. No, the problems don't necessarily disappear physically. But inside of us, a lot of that disappears because that's not what we're giving importance to anymore. Not that it's not going on. It's just that we don't give it the importance. We don't run the judgments and the fears and the attachments and the expectations and the wants and the needs. That's often all that happens. We just start to let go of that or rise above it. And guess what? When we rise above it, it no longer has that energy that causes the disturbance, you know, cause and effect, When we rise above it, we rise above that cause and effect. We rise above the disturbance that causes all those effects that we judge as negative and bad. All those bad things aren't bad. They're just giving us awareness that, hey, maybe we can lift our attention a little higher. A little higher until we get to a place where we can find peace and acceptance with all that is going on in our lives. Did you catch that? In our lives. I didn't say our life. In our lives. All these experiences. This world is a world of chaos, of cause and effect. It's going to create stress and disturbance, so it gets our attention so that we, in paying attention give it notice, and as we give it notice, we wake up to the world, to the disturbance. That's it. If we can even look at it in simple terms like that, maybe we can begin to see how it can be simple to let go of the disturbance and now move more back into the peace, into the joy, into the calm, into the loving. And often, in a journey of spiritual awakening, if that's what you're looking for, that as we sort through all this other stuff or garbage or junk or whatever you call it, or blessings that we're all so grateful for. I know many of us do that, right? Get out your gratitude journal. I am so grateful for all the shit in my life. Anybody do that? (laughs) I just love all this crap. Oh my God, it's horrible. I am so grateful for it. I know everybody does that right now. I'm I'm grateful for all the blessings in my life and the great friends and the love. Does anybody write the gratitude for all the junk in their life? Yeah. Try it. Cause I'll tell you what, you want to change the junk? Well, what is gratitude? Gratefulness. Thankfulness. Grace. Oh, the word grace is in there, isn't it? Well, what is grace? Is that God's blessing? Is that God's loving? Is it the spirit that we associate all the warm, fuzzy, wonderful, good stuff with? Well, this is part of how this works. In this action of self-study, we're going to learn all these things. And as we learn about the true self, of spirit, all the good, warm, fuzzies, well, maybe there's a way we can bring that into all the disturbance through our gratitude by literally even being grateful for the disturbance, that it opens the door to grace, for the grace to now flood into all those areas that we are in disturbance with. All those areas in, that we are in disturbance with. It's all about you. Always has been, always will. And when it's about you, once you realize it's about you, then you now have the power to begin to change it, to begin to do something about it, to begin to do something with it. So then we go on this action of learning. Maybe not just self-study, but actually spiritual study or psychology study or study of life or whatever you want to call it that we begin to learn. And it's funny because eventually every mode of learning is eventually going to take us always back to the Spirit. Because that's where it all came from. And eventually it's all going back. We're not in banishment forever. Just as long as it's going to serve the soul to have experience. We can approach this so many different ways. Good and evil. Learning and growth. Opportunity, negativity, dark and light, judgment and fear, happiness, joy. So we try to do that in here. We try to give voice to all these different ways we experience and we look at this journey of life and this journey of spirit. Because sometimes all we need is to maybe hear that one perspective that maybe we're approaching life that might open the door within ourselves to now let that spirit in, to let that grace. Gratitude, graceful attitude. I like that. Gratitude, I have a graceful attitude. I bring that spirit of loving into all things. I bring it into my disturbance, my distress. I bring it into the chaos. Not into the world. Hell, I'm chaotic enough. Let me just bring it into myself. And maybe as I come into that place of peace inside of me, then maybe the world around me might even start to settle down just because of what I'm living. And maybe the world around me won't start to settle down, but heck, at least I'm going to be in peace. Maybe that's all it's really about. Maybe that's all it's about. Maybe it's really not about the world and trying to bring peace to the world. Maybe it's just about bringing peace to ourselves. What is that old saying? What if there's going to be a war and nobody showed up? So it wouldn't really be a war anymore, right? Wouldn't it be nice if we just brought peace to ourselves so there wouldn't be any disturbance anymore to cause all the chaos? Just to really... Work on ourselves rather than work on the world. And a lot of us go, no, 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 i got to change. We're going to make it a better place. Not realizing, oh my God, that attitude, I've got to make it a better place, often comes out of judgment and fear. And guess what? If we come out of judgment and fear, guess what we're going to promote in the world, even if we're calling it something good. We're promoting good through judgment and fear. Is that really good then? Or is that a little whacked out of alignment? Oh, well, I probably don't need to tell you. All you have to do is probably look at your own lives or people around you. So eventually we realize that. Well, maybe that's not working, even though I thought it was and that was the way to go. But maybe, maybe it's not. Let me look around. Let me see if maybe I can begin to find a different approach And that's what we're going to do. We are going to go all over this planet. All over this planet. Looking. Just looking. For everything. Looking for the sacred sites. Doing the holy journeys. Until eventually we realize maybe it's not in the world. Maybe it's time to take a look within. Maybe I don't want to meditate yet, but maybe I'll start to look within. Maybe this self-study thing. Maybe if I look inside a little bit, I might start to see something or become aware of something. Yeah, maybe I do have a bad attitude or stinking thinking. I need some good vibes. Good vibes. Where's some good vibes? You. Oh, let me let me try that. Let me try some transcendental meditation. Let me try some mantras. Let me go to India and find my guru. Let me try Christianity. Let me try Judaism. Let's, let me try whatever. We'll go all around, looking, 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 having experience. Oh my God, having experience. It's funny because we're learning even when we're not trying to learn because we're always having experience. And even when we're unconscious of our learning, we're still learning because we're having experience. But sooner or later, we're going to start paying attention to our experience. And it's in that paying attention that we start to become more conscious. And that's a key word, is becoming more conscious of what's going on. And that's what this action of awakening is. To awaken is to become more conscious, to become more aware. And so that's what we're doing. So if we simply pay attention to our life experience, we're going to begin to become more conscious not only physically, but also of our own thoughts and our feelings. That alone is awakening. That alone's awakening. So we may find ourselves drawn to psychology and more of that inner process, and we can learn a lot. But yet we don't find that ultimate fulfillment. And that's good because we don't really want to stop until we do so we keep on going whether it's a negative motivation or a positive motivation something keeps bringing us along whether we're being pulled or pushed something keeps bringing us along and often it's when we finally throw our hands up and say I've had enough I've just had enough I'm just tired of this thing Lord get me out of here and then all of a sudden Something happens when we start to have some type of inner experience where the Lord within us is beginning the process of getting us out of here. Whether we see a light or hear a voice. Anybody here ever hear the name called and you look around and nobody's there? You go, was was that physical? There's nobody here. Was it inside? Do you hear a little gong or a bell or a little ringing in the ears? Wonder what that is? We start to give attention maybe to things we haven't given our attention to. And then we begin to wonder. 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 What is wondering? Is it a process of beginning to seek, to look anew anew? And to have no experience, what do we have to do but to open, to be open and receptive, to become more vulnerable or to surrender? We have to, in other words, begin to let go of anything inside of us that is blocking us from new or different experience. That's where we get these phrases like let go and let God. So there is that process of letting go. Maybe we could call that wondering. Instead of wandering, maybe we're just wondering and letting go. To let God, to allow God, to invite God in. Because believe me, if we have an inner attitude or a belief system or an ego structure that has to have it a certain way, well, there's where a lot of our learning is. That's why self-study is important. So we begin to wake up and see those little games or ways of doing that we have running. And then again, we can do something about it when we have awareness. If we don't have awareness, there's not much we can do because we don't even have a clue what's going on. That's also another way of describing karma or unlearned lessons. So we start to have awareness. We start to become aware of those belief systems and structures within that are actually stopping us from having a greater spiritual experience. And so what do we do? We often begin this process of working on ourselves. Let me work on myself. Sounds a little kind of treachery, doesn't it? And a lot of us have done a lot of work on ourselves around here. I know, a lot of work. And we're wondering how much more we have to do. Maybe it's not work we need to do anymore. No, I'm not going to say, let's go play. It's inner play, not inner work. Maybe all we have to do is wonder a little bit. Maybe just pay a little more attention. Maybe just look at things and become more aware. Maybe it's not working on ourselves. Maybe it's just becoming more aware of ourselves. Doesn't that sound a little more gentle or easy? You no, know, we all want the grace we all want the ease we all want the joy the playfulness and the laughter well it often is those things within us that stop that experience the challenge is when, when we hear words like what I'm saying now we want to go all right I'm gonna go in there and find it and get it the hell out of there well even that approach To that is what? It's an approach of judgment, of wrongness. We're making it wrong. And guess what? Anytime we do that, just like I said earlier, guess what we're promoting? Cause and effect. We're just judging the hell out of it. That's not going to change it. It's going to make it worse. And we're going to get ourselves more buried into the process. Maybe we'll just start a new process that'll distract us from this other one. That's often what happens. So eventually, we got to start paying attention not to just the experiences we're having, but our approaches or attitudes towards the experience we're having. It's taking a step back, in other words, to begin to get a better perspective of not only what's going on, but what we're doing inside of ourselves with what's going on. But then what do we even do with that? You think that's going to change it? I wish it did. Nope. It's just another step of awareness, self-study. Eventually, we literally, and I'm going to use the word have to here. I don't like using that word that much. But we literally have to, if we want to find any peace or awakening or awareness or whatever you want to term it, solution to the problems, We eventually have to now even let go of that and begin to rise above all of it, to begin to rise above it, to begin to direct our attention beyond all of these processes of all the selves, of all the self-study, of the services well that I haven't talked about yet, and all these things we do and what we believe. We just have to rise above it all. Let it all go. But it's not easy just to let go of things and we don't know, well, what's next? If I let go of all this, then what happens? That's why it's important to have that direction, that intention, where we want to go, what it is we truly want. And this is where the word wonder comes in, because it is all wonder when we don't really know or understand, when we say, yes, I want God. Yes, I want to awaken and know my oneness and the truth, the divine in whatever words we put on it. Yes, I want all that, but we don't know what it really is. We wonder what it is. And because we don't know what it is, we find ourselves so challenged in the letting go part. Oh my God, that's vulnerability. Oh my God, that's great risk. What if things get worse? It's already bad enough. I'm not going to let go of how miserable this is to get more misery. I'm not going to let go of all those things I know at the risk of knowing less. I'm not going to let go of what's comfortable and safe right now because of a fear of getting hurt. So here we are, catch 22. Caught in the tug of war. We're right in the middle of it all. What do we do? What do we do when we don't know what all this is that we want to move towards? What do we do? Well, that's why you hear Jim and I all the time here say, don't worry about it. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to know it. All you have to do is do it. Just start the doing. And in the doing, you're going to begin to have experience to begin to know what it is that you're wondering about. Call it God, spirit, the divine soul, whatever you want. That's the direction I'm talking about right now. Just do it. Just start meditating. Just start having that intention. Just start placing your attention here where the divine resides in this physical level, the seat of the soul here. Just begin to place your energy, your focus, your attention, and give it time. And just do it not knowing what it is, walking into it blindly. You don't even have to have faith and hope and wish. Just start doing in the doing itself nothing more. You're going to have experience. But then just like anything else, it's how much you do it, how much time you give it, how much focus do you give it, just like anything else that will give you more or less experience, more or less knowing and understanding. It's the same thing here. This is the practical level of it. So the more time and energy you give to it, the more experience you'll have and the more knowing and understanding you'll have. I often liken it to just like having a relationship in the world with anybody here, whether it's a a mate or a child or a co-worker or a friend. The more time and energy you give to that relationship, the greater the bond, the greater the connection, the more the understanding and getting to know each other there is. It's the same thing with God. And meditation is simply a word to describe how we can do that relationship with God, with spirit, with loving. That's all it is. Is just developing that relationship. But it's just approached often a little bit differently than maybe the way we do relationships in the world, but really not all that different. Because often we talk about closing our eyes. So we let go of this physical focus and now focus into spirit. But we can still do it with our eyes open. You can be with a friend, somebody you love with your eyes closed and still be with them. You can talk to a friend. You can talk to God. You can listen to your friend. You can listen to God. Yeah, but I don't know what God is. It's just, Is it like air? I don't know what I'm relating to. Wonder, wonder, wonder. Is maybe not such a bad thing. Because the more you wonder what God is, where is your attention focused? Is your attention on the wonder, or is your attention on God, and you're wondering about God? Oh, I guess it is on God, isn't it? That's right. So the more you wonder about God, the more you make yourself available and open to have a greater awareness and experience of that relationship with God. Wonder, wonder, wonder. You know, I started this journey, gosh, I guess I know one now. (laughs) It's been a while, 23 years or something like that. I didn't start out looking for God or even wanting to know myself. I started hearing about these out-of-body experiences. And I said, ooh, that sounds cool. I'd like to try that. Started reading about it and, pretty cool doesn't want to be to fly around the universe without a spacecraft and not having to worry about you know having a spacesuit to breathe oxygen and all that and said wow i'd like to do that and then i read about it and i got all excited and motivated about then i started doing the meditation exercises to have the experience i wanted it to be real i wanted it to be but i didn't know if it really was did i believe it to be real well, it's more like I was hoping it was. What is belief? Belief and disbelief. It's just a mental concept. doesn't make anything real or not. If it's real, it's real. If it's not real, it's not real. It doesn't matter whether we believe it or not. You can believe things that are not real, and that's not going to make them real. That's when I started to realize, you know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what I believe doesn't matter my faith, doesn't matter my hope or wish, what matters is what really is. And I knew somehow back then when I started that what really all that matters is my own experience. So I am going to do these things as prescribed in this book, in this meditation practice, to see if I have the experience just like the author was saying they were having their experience. So I just started doing, just doing. Just like today, we did a certain meditation technique. I did the same thing. Just started doing the technique. said, all right, it's what they're prescribing. I'm just going to do it and see what happens. So I did it and did it and did it. It's funny, I know a lot of you have heard the story here. But the book I read, I don't remember the exact title, but it was something like How to Astral Travel in 30 Days. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I got 30 days. The meditation took about an hour. And so I did an hour every single day. And boy, man, I could feel energy moving. I knew things were going on, but I didn't really have that, what I'd call an out-of-body experience. But I was dedicated every day. I was doing an hour every day, every day. You know, after the first few days, I was getting excited. Nothing happened yet. Okay, nothing yet. You know, I'm into 13 days. And it's just like, wow, I'm really getting familiar now with this movement of energy I feel. At the time, I didn't even know what chi energy was because I hadn't studied anything yet at this point. So all these things are moving. No of body yet. Day 23 or so, I could feel my energy like something was starting to move out of the top of my head. And I'm like, wow, I feel it. Am I beginning to do that? Nothing happened. Day 30 arrives. And I'm like, Oh my god, I'm on the last day. How to astral travel in thirty days and it ain't happened yet, so I guess today's the thirtieth day. It better get going now, or otherwise I don't know if I believe this stuff or don't think it's true or anything. And then that thirtieth day I did I did it, I did it, I worked it for that whole hour, nothing. I was like, oh man. Well, I don't know if this stuff is real or not, but the guy made some money, I bought a book. So at least somebody's benefiting. And it got me to think outside the box, so to speak, to think that there's other possibilities, to open myself beyond just what my limited thinking or structure was. So, oh, I guess it did serve me in some way. So, But as you can imagine, at the end of the 30th day of that meditation, I was a little disappointed. And I had enough time afterwards, and I was working it so hard, I was actually a little tired. You know, you're not doing anything with the body. It's all mental. It's kind of funny how tiring just getting that mental can be sometimes, isn't it? So I thought, all right, I'm pretty tired. I'm going to just take a little nap here. So I just turned over on my side, falling asleep, and all of a sudden, pop, out of body I went. And I went, oh, my God, it's real. Boom, right back in the body. (laughs) I was out literally like two seconds, but I knew it was real. All it took was that one experience and oh my God, it was on the 30th day, but it was not at all like prescribed, like what I thought. I did everything and then I gave up on it. Oh, I gave up. Oh my God, I let go. I let go of my attachments, my wishes, my desires. Yeah, disappointed, but that kind of what comes with giving up, right? I gave up. All right. Well, I gave it a try. What the heck? But then in the letting go, all of a sudden it happened. And that served me to this day. All it took was 30 days. One hour a day for 30 days. Holy cow. God, what if I really did that now? Just gave one hour a day for 30 days to this action of meditation like we just did today. I wonder if I could do that. An hour? I don't know. Maybe 15, 20 minutes. Well, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Maybe whatever is stretched to you. Or maybe it's easy. It's up for each of you to decide. But I know what one hour a day for 30 days did for me. And there's a whole lot of learning in there besides beginning to wake up and realize there is a reality beyond this physical consciousness. That alone. That alone. And then I realized all these other things with that. And ever since then, of course. But ever since that first experience, I really learned about this process. That often, too, we get confused because we hear about let go and let God. So we're trying to let go and then we're not doing anything. And then we wonder, why. well, how come God's not doing it? You said let go and let God. Why ain't God doing it now? Well, we do have a part ourselves to play. We do need to give some time, some energy. We need to take action and make an effort so we do our part. And then at some point, we need to let go of doing our part to now let God do God's part. And it's just finding how that works for ourselves. We each need to do something to have our own experience to discover how that works just like i did and it works for me to this day i know when i meditate now i make an effort i go in there just like we did the chanting and loving god and opening to receive loving i do that it builds this energy it builds what we call the power of the name it builds the consciousness of loving And loving in its nature is freedom. So that action of loving is going to begin to free the consciousness, let alone the soul that is caught up in this consciousness, but it'll begin to free the consciousness of all of its entanglements. That maybe we don't have to try to work out everything within ourselves. Maybe we just need to do the inner work or really the inner loving of loving God. And as we build that power of loving, and then we surrender, then all of a sudden it happens. That's why in here a few years ago, I turned that phrase around, let go and let God. I turned it to let God and let go. So we focus on God, 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 letting God, and then we let go. And then all of a sudden it happens. It's important to take a look at these things and discover for yourself, not just because I'm saying it, I'm just sharing my own personal experience from what I actually discovered in my journey. And there are certain principles that work across the board for all of us. And that's what we try to share here. That if you can get the principle in this, And then to begin to apply it, then you'll have your own experience, and the details will be whatever they're going to be for your life. The details will be different, but the underlying principles are the same. That's important to remember. If you can understand that, you can realize, hey, maybe there's just a few simple principles that I can learn And that maybe a spiritual journey or a spiritual pathway isn't complicated. Maybe I don't need to learn all this information thinking that in gathering all this information it's going to give me what I want and solve all my problems. Oh, is that what all that gathering information is about? Is this trying to get what I want and solve all my problems? And it really wasn't about God? Not that I'm judging that. That was a joke. And maybe not. Like I said, I didn't start looking for God. I was looking for experience. I wasn't trying to solve any problems, but I was trying to get something and have something. But then since then, and that letting go process was a big key because I learned That the more I let go, the more I open to allow God to bring me the greater experience. And as I had more and more of that greater experience, I found a lot of the problems and the things that I wanted started just unfolding naturally. Naturally. Yeah, I still had to make... Effort, do my part, just like I said earlier. We need to participate and do our part. But then also, we need to make part of our part, also letting go now, and allowing the space, the room for God, to now participate with us, so that God can bring it about. God knows our intentions, what's really there to serve our soul on its journey. But we don't. That's the big mystery, isn't it? We don't know. So we're in just a simple wonder, wonder, wonderful journey of discovering what God already knows. All right.